Okay, so hello everyone. Today on my first podcast on this channel, I have invited my friend Danny, who I've known for how long, Danny? Five, six years? Going on, nearly going Uh, on six years, probably. Yeah, we met before I was in Scotland. So, yeah, it's been a long, long time. It's probably 2014, 2015. 2014, it would have been, yeah. Oh, my God. It's a long time. September, September, September 2014, and we're still very good friends. But um, Danny's here today to share his views on how things are. And anyway, Danny, so start by getting off. Can you just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about you? Sure. Because, like I said, the focus of this well, channel, I want to be on kind of normal people like us, and yeah, um, talk about your world. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, my name is Daniel. Um, I'm Spanish. <laughs> I'm 20. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm 25 years old, and I met Sean a long time ago, but we've been friends um, since then. We've remained in, in contact. And uh, so the way we met, uh, it was at the University of Alcala. And uh, we met in a medieval literature class. Uh, <laughs> we sat next to each other that first day, and we've been friends ever since that first day. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, my first impression of Sean was that he was a little bit weird. But then I thought he was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> and then he um, forgot to mention himself that he's a little bit weird there, but that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> so, so I'm weird too. Aren't we all? But uh, so, tell us a little bit about your. You're doing a PhD now, Danny. Tell us a yes, little bit about that. Yes, I'm doing. I'm doing a PhD. So, I um I studied um English, a degree in English, uh, literature and linguistics. Then I I studied um, a master's in Spanish language teaching. Then another one in English language teaching. And now two, I'm you have a, two. You have two master's degrees. Yes. Yes. I have two masters. Have you been so busy? I'm 25 and I'm only I'm only coming to the end of my first masters <laughs> now, and you're already powering through on your PhD and um, <laughs> leaving me behind. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I, I wish you all well. Best with for for your consolation, uh, they were like one year masters, so not like the usual two years. In most, well, the one I'm doing is normally meant to be a year, but um, it's a part-time one, so it's split over two years. Okay. I'm doing English studies, so, you know, we've done from Philip Sidney, um, lots of different writers have done Shakespeare's sonnets. Um, That's pretty, pretty cool. That's actually what I studied in Scotland, you know, like mm. Renaissance uh, literature. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things I'm doing now is um, it's called literary linguistics, so um, cogni- cognitive poetics and the idea of, you know, the, the mental processes and the um, the effects texts have on you when you read them. But it's it's quite a new kind of theory. It's not been, you know, it's not been done as its own field for a long time. But, you know, it's obviously always been talked about in essays and stuff, but it's like making it very clear it's this field of study now and um yeah it's quite cool i've just done just done some edgar Allan poe and um i either want to do some walt whitman 
my next work or um there's a poem called the cremation of sam mcgee which um it's a wonderful wonderful poem that's really interesting i mean i've i've never heard of uh cognitive um poetry did you say that cognitive poetics poetics okay uh it kind of reminds me to uh these theories of uh, literary interpretation that are based on on reader reader response you know basic that's basic that's that's the the main headline idea basically and that's that's uh, all the branches so how tell us so danny today one of the main topics i'm going to talk about was obviously christianity and um the importance for for me anyway at least of having different viewpoints and not maybe not necessarily ones that are in line with your own you know these these viewpoints that you agree with or the ones you don't agree with and you should always you know respect everyone's freedom to choose what they wish and um to believe what they want to believe um okay as, um so how you've i i well, i know you're a strong christian what you must have been your whole life can you tell me a little bit about that well um yeah i'm a, I'm an evangelical christian and uh, i grew up in a church in spain uh in a christian family uh but the thing is that i so we stopped going to the church when i was seven years old uh for some reason uh the church back then split and uh so we started going to another one but pretty soon we just stopped going and for the rest of my life basically i didn't really grow up with a with an influence of with with the strongest influence if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and then my parents got divorced so uh and then my mother she she didn't want to do she didn't want to have anything to do with (laughs) the church or christianity uh not saying not saying that she didn't believe anymore or that she didn't believe in god uh my father however he remained a christian um but i don't think at the time he was very strong but like when i when i was uh 16 years old or 15 i don't, I don't remember um i went back to christianity well in fact i would say that i, I just started you know because there was no the real beginning yeah yeah there, there, there wasn't there wasn't for me at least a solid foundation if that makes sense mm-hmm. the kind of you're kind of obviously you're turning 16 you're becoming more emotionally aware and more aware of the world around you and um exactly yeah it's a good point in, in for you to start and um obviously it's a you know you're you're more solid in your own life you know a bit more of who you are and um you know you have you you effectively made the choice to go back so um obviously that's only going to make anything stronger yeah so the way the way i uh process that um i'm going to try to be as brief as possible here oh, danny if this is an informal chat it's um, okay <laughs> you have yeah but i don't want to like chat. um i don't know like dwell on on irrelevant information but uh, so essentially, uh, what happened was when I was 14 years old. Uh, so it was uh, I was in in my last year of uh, mandatory high school, if that makes sense, in Spain. Um, uh, colegio, yeah. Uh, no, no, it was like high school, like the fourth year of high school. Okay. After that, you can do bachillerato, which is like two years, 
and then you go to university. So Six, I would have the 1718 uh, 161718. Uh yes, yes. It was right before that. For those uh, of you who don't know, well obviously I spent time in Spain, that's where I met Danny, so um I was well my Spanish is not as good as it once was. But um it's the English equivalent of um sixth form or um High school in America. Just sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just uh, do a little uh, expl- explanation. <laughs> oh, that's right. I I appreciate that. So yeah, basically it was um that period of my life. Um, I I had a very normal life in the sense that I was actually I would say I mean I wasn't famous or anything, but like in my <laughs> group of friends, I was rather popular. And uh, I just was a very ambitious person. I wanted, I wanted to be the best in everything. I wanted to be respected. I wanted to be, how do you say that? Like, just, uh, it's not appreciated, but like, recognition. Is that in Spanish? Reconocimiento, recognition, uh, I don't know, approval. Approval. <laughs> Be, be, you wanted the uh, the validation and the approval of others. The validation, yes, I want a validation. And um, so I just wanted all this. I had a girlfriend back then. Um, who didn't last too long because I was <laughs> silly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was very mature, you know. We'll leave that open to interpretation. <laughs> yes. So basically, I was just pursuing all these things, and um, basically, there came a point in my life where all, all my plans and all my desires uh, they just didn't fulfill. If that makes sense. Mm. And so, yeah, it wasn't like a tragedy or anything, you know. But mm. I started to to realize, I started to think about, well, is this everything that life offers? Like mm. just a bunch of desires that you have a bunch of plans that you have and you try to achieve them, what happens if you don't get them? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, someone might say, well, that's life. But um, that doesn't answer the question of what's the meaning of life. Does that make sense? It only, tra- it only fills the void. It only, you know, you obviously you have this feeling of emptiness and you're trying to, you know, it's like a stomach and you're always hungry and you're always trying to throw food into it and it'll never kind of fill you. It'll never bring you that happiness that you so you so want. So, you know, you have to change your focus and look at the bigger picture, so to speak. Right. So that's 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 exactly what I what I started doing. I started asking questions about the meaning of life, the purpose of life, and just having a more spiritual view of everything. So I started to read a lot of New Age um, philosophy, and the law, the law of attraction and all that. And obviously I had a respect for the Bible as a result of my Christian background, mm. uh, as a result of the influence of my father. Um, so yeah, I started just looking into more of a spiritual answers, if that makes sense. Mm. And um, there was one time that I prayed uh, to God if I could. I prayed so that he could reveal himself to me 
mm. in a way mm. that was Make yourself known. yes exactly and uh, I wanted to know him as he really was because I I've received so many different interpretations so many different answers you know and uh, so I just didn't really know what to do where to look and a couple of months later I read the Gospel of John okay. um, maybe another Gospel which I don't remember maybe, maybe it was Matthew I don't know okay. uh, but basically everything that Jesus said in the Bible I thought that it made so much sense and I have read some of the Gospels probably six years before that but I, I just didn't believe anything you know it was very kind of skeptical in one ear and out the other you're just kind of not retaining any information not really like that it's just that I, I didn't believe anything just any time that a miracle would show up I was like no that didn't happen or that couldn't happen there might have been some kind of scientific explanation for that a coincidence so to speak rather than kind of what provid providence yeah, I don't know. I, I just tried to to find like a natural explanation for the healings and all that. Mm, I think that's a very good. Uh, so basically, a... what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I read uh, the Gospel of John with new eyes, if that makes sense. Mm. And I you change, started. You, change, you changed your perspective inside of you. You change. You effectively took your glasses off and put them back on again. Give them a little bit of a clean and. Um... Your view was um, clear. I don't know if I purposefully or consciously did that, mm. but it it just made sense to me, and and I started to to understand a lot more than I didn't <laughs> before. So you, uh, can I just say, Danny, though, would you accredit yeah. that to the work of God, or would you accredit that to yourself? That kind of I would say. I would say now, uh, maybe back then I just didn't know how to explain that. Okay. But I would say, <clears throat> looking back, I would say it was definitely the work of the Holy Spirit, um, illuminating my my spiritual perception of of the Word of God, if that makes sense. So um, basically, and then when I got to to John chapter 14 verse 6 I think it is when it says uh, I'm the way the truth and the life nobody comes to the Father but through me just, just uh, again just a little bit slower Danny just um what oh yeah <clears throat> sorry you don't mind just I'm actually gonna look up first so that I can be more precise that's okay <laughs> so, the um I have I I read it, obviously when I was in Spain we shared a little bit. You know, you showed me some 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 other gospels I can't remember. I think it was probably that verse you probably showed me. So it's obviously very important and resonates deep inside of you. I've um obviously I messaged you a few months ago. You know, I had looked through some of the the uh, Nag Hammadi scrolls, the kind of stuff. You know, the Nag Hammadi scrolls that were found in Egypt. Um. The gospel, the more the more Christian Gnostic texts, for example, the Gospel of Judas and the Gospel of Truth, and I found them very interesting. And I found them obviously I went to an, an Anglican school, so it was more Protestant, um, and we go to church once a week. But I found myself relating a lot more with kind of the Gnostic Christian texts. So personally, I would identify more of a Gnostic Christian. That's 
the the word nausea comes from Greek, um, which means knowledge. But it's um, obviously this amalgamation, this mix of Judaism, Christi Christianity, and all these different times, because most of the scrolls were probably dated to, well, post post Christ, if we can say that. Um, so, well, their authenticity, I don't really know. But, um, you know, there's the inclusion of Mary Magdalene and um, that resonated with me on some level, especially the gospel of truth. Um, but, well, that's that's for another time. And I wouldn't really delve into that because, <laughs> you know, it's arguable, arguable, you know, whether it can be considered kind of Christian. You know, it, it's not obviously biblical canon. And but my viewpoint was that. You know, it was discredited for, um, you know, they wanted this kind of central concept of Christianity and um, those kind of beliefs um, didn't fall into that kind of, how can I kind of say this, into that? Uh, like orthodoxy? The, yes, thank you, Danny. The, or thank you for the help there. The orthodoxy. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was kind of made heretical, you know, the people who... Um, people who preached like the, the the nausea you know this idea of the goddess Sophia and all that um as heretics um so yeah that's 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 just I think I, I, think I found reason, that interesting as far as I know uh one of the main reasons why the Christians in early Christianity uh rejected uh Gnosticism was the the idea that the idea that Christ uh came as a ghost or something mm. like that you know, like he, he wasn't fully, fully human. He was just uh, mere, like divine, you know, and he didn't really assume um, a human nature or a body. If that makes sense, because that would contradict the idea that the body, the body is bad or, or material, you know. Yeah, the matter, right. matter. That's that's, matter. Uh, that's. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's kind of. Well, I would say that was one of the main. That you can you can actually even even uh, notice uh, references in the New Testament to that particular concept being challenged or or <laughs> or rejected, you know? kind of put down. Yeah. Well, you know, there's this idea in in Gnosticism, maybe Gnostic Christianity is an extension of that that there are two gods. Um, you know. One of the early ideas that arose was that the God of the New Testament and the Old Testament were two different gods. But, um, you know, this idea is that, um, well, you know, sister to, to our days. Say that again. Sorry, Danny. Uh, so that you can you can you can see that opinion um, even today. Mm. You know? Well, this idea is there's the creator God who. Um, was born of the goddess Sophia, who was an angel of God, um, and gave birth to the demiurge, sort of heart, you know, part God, part human, and that the real God is unknowable and unreachable and belongs in the realm of antimatter and um, goes ag go goes against this idea of create creation as in the physical world and you know, there's kind of there's this idea that the the spirit that the true divine, the true spirit, is locked into is locked into this 
fleshy prison of like um, the five senses and it sounds a lot like uh, neoplatonism yes 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 it did come out of neoplatonism that's a, that's a good point thank you for bringing that up and um is this idea that you know we live we're in hell right now that because we are uh, trapped in our bodies <clears throat> yes we are limited to the five senses and I, and right you know obviously my own personal beliefs and whatever else that kind of resonated in with me you know you said yourself you know you kind of you still have that drive now that you mentioned before you know that's one reasons why i've always really respected you um um and that's continued through but you just changed how you looked at things and you know you still kept that core value that drive and you know you just let kind of you just let it naturally guide you i think rather than you trying to force it yeah it was it was a process like <clears throat> um like i said before uh it all started with um rereading the gospel of john and some of the gospels uh I, well i'm not sure if i actually read the gospel of john before but in any case uh i bumped into this verse in in John chapter 14, which is can verse six. Yeah, sorry. Verse six, Danny. Can I just add that myself? I don't know the Gospels very well. I I can't quote biblical verse off the top of my head. I'm aware of Genesis, Revelation, um, Thessalonians, and different parts of the Bible um, that I I know to the point of which I'm aware of the content, but I can't quote them. So I think the fact you you know you have you have that reference at hand that you can find it like that, like very quickly. I, I really like that and I really respect that. So, you know. Well, please. to be very honest, I, I don't, sorry, <laughs> I interrupted you. It's <laughs> okay. That's the point, man. It's an informal chat. Yeah, it's, we're going to have these kind of interruptions and whatever else. Yeah, that's, that's no problem whatsoever. Yeah. So, so to be very honest, um, I don't really, no like all verses like i just know this one well probably not only this one but i know <laughs> one special to me. That's okay. so not like i'm but yeah so basically um this is right before christ uh so jesus uh died on the cross uh this is the last supper and he's talking to his disciples and giving some kind of speech before before he's delivered to the Roman authorities. Is this during the Last Supper, Daniel? Uh, yeah, it is. It is probably afterwards. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, in the last chapters of of John, uh, he has this um, speech, and then he prays for his disciples. Disciples, sorry. And uh, at what point he says something like, "Let not your hearts be troubled." Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. So Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can, how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, 
I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So basically, sorry, I, I read a very long passage. It's okay. Man. But basically, um, when I bumped into that verse, when it says, I'm the way and the truth and the life, I realized uh, in a way for me, it was like my prayer had been answered. And I realized that if I wanted to know God as he truly was, I needed to to go through Christ, if that makes sense. I needed to believe in Christ because if I if I knew Christ, I would know the Father. So it's like he's the way, you know. And it all started that in in that way. Like it all started there. And then I just kept reading and I kept doing research and I realized <laughs> Well, this is going to be very strong. But I realized that it's basically... Okay, Donnie, please, please, please share everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I realized that according to the Bible, um, I I was probably going to go to, to hell um, because of judgment and all that. It's not that I was Hitler. I'm not Hitler. I've never been Hitler. But it's like I realized... They I had lived my life apart from God. Does that make sense? Like uh, apart from God, and Separ I had separated. Yeah, 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 you know, separated. Kind of yeah, just just living in your own living in your own bubble, um, in your own little world, separate from the Word of God, from the logos. Yeah, I just didn't really think of God. You know, I like I believed. I I think I I always believed. But I just didn't take him into account for anything really. So I just thought that if I died, if I would die at that time, uh, my evil works would lead me to um, to damnation. Okay. And I also realized that the way I could be saved from from that was through the death of Christ. So through what Christ achieved in the cross. Um, which means that... Uh, let me look at my notes. <laughs> so it means that, that... Sorry. You access... Christ died on your behalf, so pay, pay, pay the price, pay the, do, do the sacrifice for the sins of man, so that man could finally enter the kingdom of God. That's correct. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's like uh, what it says in Romans chapter five when it says that. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into His grace, into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So it's like, well, you have that verse, and then you have, um, I think, uh, well, we have many verses to talk about, I'm trying to say. But now the righteousness, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Uh, the righteousness 
righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So, sorry, I just read so many things. No, that's, that's okay, Daniel. No, I just wish to say, you know, it's, you know, whether people disagree or don't have Christian beliefs or agree, it's um, it's really nice to find, you know, passion. And, um, you know, when you, obviously, I'm not going to put the um, the video on, on the podcast itself, but, um, you know, I can see you kind of light up when you kind of... Uh, read it and um you know it brings that part of you alive um which you know is in all of us and makes us really special that that's what i deem from the gnostic perspective is that the spirit inside of you the the part that can never die um that's my beliefs anyway but uh when i meant to say a quick question about matthew so jesus says um i will what i will come back to you something on the lines of that yeah. Um, does is that referring to the resurrection or is that referring to the second coming of Christ? Well, that's that's a very good question. I would say I would say uh, the idea that Christ is going to come back uh, a second time is biblical, and there is uh, abundant uh, evidence of that in the New Testament, and that's actually the topic, one of the main topics of. One of, sorry, one of the main topics of New Testament eschatology and uh, revelations. Revelation. Okay, so when you sorry. say catholic catholology, what can you, what can you describe that? To? Uh, I'm going to write it for you because maybe, maybe I'm Catholo- not. Cathologia. Cathologia. Eschatology. Oh, eschatology. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. I thought you said it means okay. to escape, 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 escaping means it refers to the theology of uh, life after death and yes. uh, the <clears throat> the after the end like the ending times yes or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah ah like the the times of the rapture and um the end of the world um armageddon no? yes yes so it refers to those two things life life after death um mm-hmm. and prophecy just like you know the end um the end of all things. <laughs> the end of all. Anyway, things. so uh, yeah, I think I think you have that on the one hand, but on the other hand, I think that in, in that particular verse that you were paraphrasing, it probably referred to how Jesus was going to show up to his disciples uh, after the resurrection. Okay. You know, because uh, in the in, in the Gospels, uh, Jesus appears. Quite a few times after he dies, and then he goes up to the Father, and then he's okay. never seen again. Can I just, just idea? So Mary Magdalene from well, I don't know her role in the Bible and whichever else or the Gospels, but in Gnostic Christianity, she's got quite an important role as like the divine feminine, effectively. Um, and well, from some of the things I read was supposedly the proposed lover of Christ, whether that's true or not, I, I can't state. But she was the one to um, res- to go to the tomb and 
uh, pull the stone. She was the first one to see Christ, wasn't she? If I'm correct or not. Um. Well, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't know much about uh, Mary Magdalene in Gnostic Christianity. Okay. But um, yeah, in so you, Bible and just what the Bible says. That's what so I'm in terms of, of the canon gospels okay. and all that, mm. I would say her role is much much less important. Much less important? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much less important. It's fine. That's important. So, for example, yeah, she's she's uh, supposed to be one of the first women who who visit the tomb. Okay. Um, <clears throat> along along with with uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Okay. And I don't know if if uh, there is another one. I don't know if it was. I don't know how to say this name in English. Salome. Salome. Uh, I don't know. Salome. We'll see. But yeah, so she basically belongs to this group of women who were very prominent in okay. the life of Jesus and the life and the ministry of Jesus in different ways. Okay. Um, the Bible doesn't really say that much about Mary Magdalene. Uh, okay. In fact. Although it mentions her by name, uh, there is another character she's confused with. Uh, and the Bible doesn't really say if that's Mary Magdalene or if that's another person. Okay, so uh, the blurring of, the blurring of lines. Okay, okay. Exactly. Uh, a blurring of traditions or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have Mary Magdalene. She's referred to... I don't know if she's referred as a, maybe just a sinful woman who repented and believed in Christ. There's and then there is that I've heard that she was a prostitute. Right. So there is another there is another woman who is not named uh, and she's the prostitute who who okay. is there is the, this particular passage, this particular scene where she's she goes to Christ mm. and she starts uh, weeping at his feet and she starts like how do you say that? Like uh, clean, not cleaning, like brushing his feet with his um, with her hair and her yes. tears, and everybody's like thinking, "Oh, does he not know what kind of woman this is?" And he's like, "It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is an act of worship and true repentance, you know." So throughout tradition, in tradition, um, there is the idea that this woman, this prostitute, is Mary Magdalene. Okay. But there is no, there is no clear biblical evidence for that. So it, it's just one of those things that people like people put ideas together and and that's one of it. them con- conspiracy theories. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't call it like conspiracy theory, but <laughs> it's just like a just like a, I don't know like, like maybe just people thought that it made sense for some reason. So in any case, even like we don't know, we don't know if she was a prostitute, we don't know if the prostitute was Mary Magdalene or for someone else. In any case, uh, she was. Um, so what we know is she was she was another woman who needed like all of us, all of us, you know, another woman who's um, sinner, a sinner. And she needs forgiveness, and she needs repentance, and she she turns to Christ. What's important here is that she turns to Christ, 
and she followed him for the rest of her life. I, th- I think that's really exam. It's um, it's a really good example. Normally, obviously, you know, we the disciples are male figures, and um, you know, to see a kind of feminine kind of being taken down that road of repentance and um, pen- penitence is probably the term. Uh, repentance, yeah, sorry. Towards God. All these examples that you find in the Bible of these characters, whether they are male or female, uh, Mary Magdalene, the prostitute, uh, even Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm. all the disciples, you have all these sinful people mm. who were lost and who needed forgiveness and needed God and their relationship with God to be restored. You have all these people who are not perfect. Okay. Like they are not heroes of epic tales. Uh, they're sinful, they're imperfect, and they turn to Christ and they find salvation, forgiveness in Christ, and they they follow him in spite mm-hmm. of all his um, def- uh, how do you say it? like in spite of all of his sins, like all all his imperfections, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, that means that anyone can become a Christian, uh, no matter whether you are black, white, woman, or a man, or Spanish, or English. Or yeah, it's um, it's an all-encompassing thing. Um, just, just just something I like to add there, Danny, is um, you know, I personally have well, slightly different than your belief that um, in each and every one of us we have the spirit which is the essence of God which like you say maybe is more Gnostic um, and each of us are effectively a Christ in our own sake um, which might be it's quite against orthodox beliefs but you know each and every one of us is um, a perfect imperfection if that makes sense um, a bit like mini, mini gods not mini gods, but you know, God is within us, and we are God. You know, there's a brilliant um, book on philosophy I've been reading for my dissertations called "The Essence of Christianity" um, by his name Ludwig, Ludwig. Um, very, very interesting book. Um, and he basically says that you know, this idea of a higher power for humans is. Um, it's unreachable um, therefore the point of interaction the point of relation for human to find God must be within man itself and that goes back to this Gnostic idea that or even in even in Christianity that it's not the world it's it's you you know you're the sinner you you are the one to blame you are you know you're the actor of your own actions and all this kind of belief and um you know, because we know love, we know God, and because it's this idea that God is human, human is God. Because if God is not human, how can human how can human beings relate to God? So therefore, God must be human, and maybe that's kind of in Christianity the representation of um, Christ is in the physical representation of God in this world as the Son. Um, that's that's just a little idea I have, and that's more that's more my beliefs. 
Um, but as you say, yeah, Christianity is very, it is that all-encompassing idea um, that anyone can join. I find it very interesting at the moment as well that, um, you know, churches are closed and other things like that, while, you know, other places are not. You know, I think, I think everyone should have the right to go to church and have that freedom to express themselves. Obviously, I know there's the virus and um, all these all these other things that it entails. Oh, you mean you mean like the lockdown uh, for yeah. the uh, yes. reunions, yes. like meetings, yeah. church meetings, yes. Ex- exactly. Dan, and services. Yes. Um, well, um, you can do them online, but I just what your your thoughts on that? Okay. Uh, can I say something? So I would like to maybe respond, if you if you don't mind, uh, please, to yeah. what you said previously about. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah you. Then I can talk about my views <laughs> on the lockdown. Okay. Because uh, I, I would got, say we've, we've got a nice di- we're going in a nice direction. We're going in that direction. Okay. Yeah. So regarding to what you said about. Uh, the Gnostic view of uh, human beings, like the anthropology, uh, we could say. I would say, yeah, it's a um, kind of a distinct view of uh, in regards to the Orthodox mm. Christian doctrine. Okay, mm. I would say, I would say uh, there is an extremely, extremely important verse, uh, an extremely important phrase that uh, Jesus says in in the Beatitudes. And uh, you can actually find that in Matthew chapter 5, for those who are interested. Uh, He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. So (laughs) what he's basically saying here is that um, blessed are those who find themselves to be spiritually poor, you know. Like they know that in that in themselves mm. there is no righteousness uh, towards God and there is no power to overcome sin and there is no way there's no pathway to God or salvation. Mm. So that's the first step. They realize they're poor in spirit. <clears throat> they are blessed because they are going to turn to Christ. To, to find that richness, if that makes sense, to find in Christ the righteousness that they lack, to find in Christ the power that they lack to overcome uh, this laborious sin, uh, to overcome the world, to overcome Satan. So I think that's um, a very uh, strong difference between what you were saying and... and uh, this this uh, thing that you find in the verse. So uh, what I would say is, however, however, I I think the Bible uh, really talks about how human beings, even though they are fallen, uh, and even though we are all poor in spirit, mm. even if we don't know it, mm. um, human beings are wonderful. And now, now I sound like Trump. Human beings are wonderful. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> human beings, human beings, uh, what's unique about human beings is that we've been created in the image of God. Yes. And so even though we're fallen, even though we're sinful, uh, 
we there is the image of God, even even if distorted, in in ourselves. Okay, so we that's why human beings are creative. That's why human beings are, can be compassionate. That's why we have a personality, um, and that's why human beings are capable of so many things. Okay, I don't yeah. want to. I don't. I don't. I'm not diminishing. Yeah, what, your uh, conscious consciousness, Danny, self self awareness, self self awareness. You know, like there, there is a. There are many things. Like I'm not trying to say that if you don't believe in Christ, you are you can't walk, or like you mm. can't talk, or you can't think. Right. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying, I'm, I'm saying that human beings are, um, how do you say that? They are not capable to reach uh, salvation. The level of the divine on their own. On their own, you know. Uh, they need, they need, um, they need Christ for salvation, and they need. Uh, his righteousness and they need his power and they need his uh, wisdom you know so in that particular sense there is a dependence on the external on something external you know Mm. which is by the way very humiliating but uh, it's something necessary so in that sense there is a difference between the orthodox view of christianity and the the gnostic uh, version can I just on like a on a on an allegorical level, um, that to me is is the signaling of, you know, you have to find this higher being inside yourself, or you have to, you know it's this idea you say it's an external thing, I look as it as something internal, um, but we can both agree that it's um it's this idea of wanting to transcend and wanting to find something higher and having to, you know letting you know using that to assist it assists you yeah on you know i agree you know as we are as the kind of ego or the material body spirit whichever we are um that that helps you ascend and helps you climb the ladder really and um you know yeah well i i forgot i thought there there was something that i forgot to mention uh in that regard Sorry, I interrupted you again. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm so Spanish. No, no, no. Go, ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. So basically, um, yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying about um, looking for something trans, transcend, transcendent. How trans- do you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trans, so, uh, something transcendent, transcendent, or something. the idea of transcendency or transcendence. Exactly. So I, I would, I would agree with that. Um, and even though I was saying that there is this dependence on God and Christ uh, from the very beginning, um, there is another reality, which is that when a person um, comes to Christ in faith and repentance, uh, because he's been regenerated by the Spirit of God, uh, in that moment, not only is that person justified, mm. but that person is also united with Christ through mm. his spirit, uh, which means that the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, uh, dwells now in that person. Okay. So there is a mystical union with Christ and there is a, an internal 
uh, and now God Himself lives in, in lives in that person. Okay, yeah. uh, that obviously doesn't mean that that person is a mini God or like uh, independent in that sense. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I definitely don't think it's an independence. I think there's this kind of idea of inter interrelatability. You know, one is one and one is the other. There's no subject or object, or there's no object, there's no subjects. It's this one oneness. Yeah. But there's a slight difference with that. <laughs> Sorry. Sure. Okay. Okay. That, that's, my that's my. That's my view. Yeah. That there is a there is a slight difference, and is that even though, uh, Christian, so the the Christian who who has experienced that. As the Holy Spirit dwelling uh, in his heart, okay. there is a still um, a dependence that is never going to change. Okay, uh, more than an equal uh, inter-reliability. Does that make sense? Like we depend, the Christian depends on Christ and Christ alone, but Christ and God is separate. And sufficient in on all by his own. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if my grammar is being. No, very... Danny, you're you're a very you're a very smart individual. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it really is. Um, you know, we've always got on very very well, and um, it's it really is a pleasure just to hear you speak about all this because you know, um, you're a very knowledgeable person, and you know, it's you don't hear the stuff every day, and that's kind of why I want to. You know, do things like this because you know it helps people to be aware of the different viewpoints, and um, you know, I think both of us have our own truths, but you know, they're just slight different variations, and um, uh, I really respect that. I really do. Um, so you know, you were saying about about the lockdown. What's um, what's your opinion on that? Okay. Please. Well, let me let me just finish saying uh, in regards to what I what I was saying um, before. Uh, just just to conclude. Um, good good to round it off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically um, that new relationship with God has a divine dimension to it in the sense that. Uh, before that person was lost and was going to face judgment mm-hmm. and was going to suffer eternal death. But after that, after this, this new relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. uh, that person in the future will be resurrected and glorified. Mm-hmm. Okay? So in that particular sense, that person in in the future will fully conform to the image of Christ, and in that particular sense, uh, there is a there is a sort of divine um, transformation. If that makes sense. Well, this kind of idea of um, resurrection, you know, goes back. You know, it's across many cultures. It's across the world, and you know. Do you know Carl Jung? Do you know much yeah. about Carl Jung? You know this kind of the, the idea of well, it's it's more alchemic, but it's um you know this idea of individuation. It's called 
la individuación, maybe I don't know if that's uh, that's in Spanish, but um, this idea that one must die first, spirit die die a spiritual death in order to be reborn, and obviously in, in the Christian sense, um, Christ pulls you out of that. Um, and it's a very interesting in, concept. In the so. Christian sense, uh, it's very much uh, the idea that because Christ died and resurrected, and uh, he he ascended to heaven and was glorified. In that relationship with the Christians, uh, they will they will also experience the same thing, you know. The same process, yeah. The same subject process. The same process, yeah. Because of this spiritual union that I was referring to. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry, I <laughs> I've been no. very. <laughs> no, it's wonderful, Danny. Never never say sorry. Yeah, it's um. It's wonder. It's wonderful to hear you speak. It really is. It's um. It's, it's got this magical kind of quality to it for me personally, and hopefully for others listening as well. Um, it's wonderful. So what about what about now? The times now. If we can we can segue into that. Okay. So um, well regarding regarding the lockdown. Um. So I am. Spanish. I live in Spain, and for those for those who don't know, um, Spain has been one of the countries uh, most affected by the the virus. Uh, Spain is the country with most deaths per million people. I think. Um, I mean, obviously, the obviously the the death toll in in America is much higher. Uh, for obvious reasons, it's a bigger country, lots of people, and, and all that. But considering that Spain is such a small country, uh, it's just crazy how, how it's been going down. The, the ratio, the people. ratio percentage, yeah, in terms of the population. Well, in Japan, I think we're on, I think twelve, thirteen thousand cases, and I think there's only been three. Well, when I don't say only, I mean in comparison what the rest of the world has been like i think there's about 380 deaths maybe just below 400 um so you know obviously spain has been italy and all these other places the, the uk included has um they've all been definitely pretty badly hit spain sorry as you were saying <laughs> so um basically basically what what has happened in spain is that the lockdown measures have been very strict. Uh, I think they came up very late, too late. And I think that the government should have run more tests, like significantly more tests. Uh, I think measures should have been taken much earlier because they were aware of what was happening and what could happen, but they did nothing. Uh, But... In time, the measures were very strict, and the lockdown measures were very strict. You could not go to, you could not go outside. You could only, uh, you could only go to buy products uh, of first necessity. Do you say that? Yes. Uh, like food and stuff. Uh, all businesses, restaurants, and everything they they have been closed. Um, you couldn't just take a walk uh, unless you were taking the dog out. And obviously, in regards to 
religious services, like mm. they have been suspended. And so what I'm trying to say is that in all this time mm. in Spain, it's been very, very strict in comparison with other countries like America, for example, like in the US, as far as I know, there has been some social distancing measures. It depended on the on the state. Mm. And as far as I knew, um, the the church services uh, had been cancelled in places like California, mm -hmm. uh, but not so much in other places. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is that it it it, it it's been different depending on the country and depending on the region and and everything. In Spain, it's been very strict. And for example, in my church, uh, we decided to suspend. All services and we've been doing online streaming in regards to sermons and we even had some reunions via zoom like a video call like a conference call kind of thing with multiple people exactly so the way I've been processing that is okay this is I mean I don't agree with the governments in many things I think they should have acted earlier I think, I don't know, I think many things, right? But I I didn't really have a problem with it, with the lockdown. I think it's necessary. And I think it's better to, to I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a bummer that, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's obviously a bummer that we can't celebrate uh, any, any service. I mean, I'm, I'm sad about that. I'm not saying that I'm happy. Okay. But I think, in a way, I have to do what the government says. And in another sense, sorry, this is this is actually taking too long for me to say because I'm speaking English. I'm not it's sorry. okay. I know the efficiency of language, <laughs> Spanish language, is much higher than that of English. I love English. I really do. It's my favorite language in the world, just because how 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 you can express it. But um, come on, continue. Anyway, yeah, so no problem. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to say is that, like, I'm on Twitter, okay, and I follow lots of American Christians, okay. and they've been complaining like crazy about this lockdown, even though in America it's been really soft in comparison with other countries, and they've been talking about how their civil liberties are being violated how Christians should not bow to the government in this sense. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get what you mean, but do you offer any, do you have any alternative? Like, yeah. What are you suggesting to do? You're suggesting think... to celebrate services, no matter what the government says, <clears throat> you're saying that. And then the, the, there were these, these Christians saying on Twitter, like, oh, no, no, this is just like the flu. And it's, no, man, it's not like the flu. I mean, you, why don't you just suggest different alternatives I, I think instead of on both sides I yeah both yeah people. right sorry i talk too much no no you don't talk too much That's, danny it's a it's a it's a it's a chat it's an interview <laughs> it's kind it's kind of the point of it yeah um no in japan have been japan probably one of the latest countries in the world probably to um to lock down the state of emergency is well up to now, I believe, 
don't quote me on this until May 6th. I was meant to be meant to be starting meant to be starting work next week, next Thursday. From the looks of that, that's going to be extended further. Um, but you know, I, I still I went for a walk today. You know, you can still go out for a walk. It's not things aren't necessarily legally enforced. Um, it's kind of more of a suggestive kind of stay at home, and most people do. But um, you know, I go out for a walk once a day. You know, I get up in the morning, and um, you know, there's still people around. Um, it's you know, it's, it's I I was at home for so long, and myself that kind of I felt like I lost the connection to nature, to kind of God in a way, and um, I needed to kind of get myself back with nature, and you know, get out there a little bit. You know, not not you know, obviously being sensible about it. Yeah, you're not you know, you can't don't be an idiot. Um. But, you know, I, uh, I like the idea that I can go out for a walk and just, you know, there's the, there's a river about 100 meet, 200 metres from my apartment and I can just go and walk there when the sun comes up in the morning. And it's just a lovely smell and that's that's one of the most beautiful things for me, being one with nature. Um, but, like I said, probably ill preparation. It's great that you, you have the chance to, to do that. I mean... I've only been able very, to... Very fortunate to do that. <clears throat> very yes, fortunate. yes, exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, I try I try to look on this issue from a positive side. Like, I'm aware that in my country, for example, uh, tests are not being delivered. Okay. Uh, so, people... Like, even people with symptoms are not getting tested. Okay. Um, I would suggest that probably a better alternative uh, to a complete lockdown mm. would be to run lots of tests uh, and isolate the people that actually have the virus. You know? Mm. And maybe to not freeze the economy and the flow of society in yeah, such a you, radical you, way. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that indefinitely. I, you know, I, I don't. Exactly. I think it would be I, much I, more effective to, to do what I, what I you said. Know, you know. I, th- I personally think there's going to be a second wave coming, and it's, um, it's going to hit like, like nothing before. <laughs> what is the second coming? That was okay. That was that was the next thing I wanted to get into the second coming of the beast. Um, you know, obviously the biblical rapture the end of the world armageddon whichever you want to call it you know it's what <laughs> it will be the covid <laughs> <laughs> the beast the beast refers to the virus don't you see it <laughs> what do you think about that now like <clears throat> you know obviously revelation and whatever else in the times of now <clears throat> the, well the um the, an- the coming of the antichrist not maybe not in a literal sense but um it's a very it's a very broad and a complex issue, but let me say that uh, generally speaking, so the so the way the way I look at Revelation is um, I don't see it as a book that narrates um, all the future episodes before the end times in a very chronological and specific way. Mm. That requires us to to that would require such a force try to, to find equivalence with what's happening today. 
mm. in a specific way, like saying, yeah. saying, oh, the Antichrist is is Obama, or the Antichrist is Trump, or oh, this is uh, this refers to Russia and China, blah blah. blah. I don't mm. believe that. I don't I don't read Revelation in that way. The way I think Revelation works is I think it's a symbolic book. Okay. Um, I think that uh, it does. It, I, I think Revelation covers what the events that will happen 